This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to A Turn of the Jets Digital Special Presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And to break down the latest news as we are just days away from the start of free agency in the NFL. Of course, our friend, the great beat reporter from New Jersey Advanced Media and NJ.com, Mr. Daryl Slater. Daryl, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just getting ready for free agency here. It's coming up. A little bit of a cold you came back from Indianapolis with there, huh? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Small price to pay for uh, uh, the, going to the combine, I guess. But uh, I guess it's that time of year where uh, I think we're ready for warm weather. I mean, this is an early March, 30 degrees. I think I'm. I think I'm over it. I think I'm over the cold here. Let's get some warm weather. Let's get to uh, NFL free agency, NCAA tournament, St. Patrick's Day, Easter time, Masters, and actually get some uh, get some sun. It has been okay. Look, I mean, we can't complain too much, right? The winter hasn't been too bad around here, but uh, but let's uh, you know let's get some sunshine finally. Well, I guess it's sunshine right now, but let's get some warm weather. I'm, I'd, I'd take that in a second. Yeah, man, tell me about it. I am really looking forward to some sunshine, both metaphorically and literally, because I'd like the weather to be warmer with some more sun. But from a metaphorical standpoint, I'm looking forward to the Jets hopefully landing some good players. But one of those good players that there was talk they might be in on, they are not in on, and that is, of course, Antonio Brown, the all-pro wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Daryl, I want to get your take on this and also what you know about how the whole situation broke down. But to me, it kind of seems like McCagnan did his due diligence like he always does, called up, was told that the price was much higher than he cared to pay, and so he moved along. For me, this is a guy in Brown that we're talking about who is obviously an insanely gifted wide receiver. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame one day, but he's 31 years old. He's clearly lost his mind. One insane thing after the next with this guy. And on top of it, he basically said that any team that trades for him better have a lot of guaranteed money to pay. So he's going to want a new deal. So when you factor all that in and the fact that reportedly the Steelers are looking for a first-round pick, this doesn't seem like a wise investment, especially considering that you don't necessarily want somebody like that around Sam Darnold in the locker room. The whole talk about culture, I get that sometimes that's overrated, but with this guy, he seems to be so far out there that it's not a wise investment. So that's where I'm coming from, Daryl. What do you think and what do you know about how the situation broke down? Is it more or less what I said, that he was just doing his due diligence? Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike McCagnan mentioned in Indianapolis basically that he was going to check in on it. Uh, you know, I wrote this, he would be stupid to not check on it. You know, it would cost him nothing to get the information. And uh, it sounds like the Steelers won a first-round pick for Antonio Brown, which is obviously way too uh, rich for the Jets' blood because they are a team that um, is rebuilding and needs to hang out of their draft picks because the GM has done a pretty poor job of drafting. So they need to have more draft picks to <laughs> see if maybe he can do a better job than he has done so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, first round pick for Antonio Brown for the Jets is ridiculous, uh, considering how disruptive he is and considering the fact that he would wants a new contract. So it was a three prong thing. I mean, the price, the two prong part of the price, the, the actual contract that they'd have to give him or whatever they wouldn't have to, I guess, but, um, that he wants. And then the draft pick and then the fact that he's disruptive. And I, you know, I basically wrote everything you said there. I wrote that yesterday and why they were wise to, to say no thanks to the trade and but they you know obviously it's McCagnan's job to pick up the telephone and make a call or you know bump into Kevin Colbert at the at the scouting combine or whatever and get the information so he got the information is which of what he should have done and he bailed on the trade which is also what he should have done so I think two pretty much you know a no-brainer move there for for McCagnan considering the situation the Jets are in like do they want to put this guy around a young quarterback like 
it just has disaster written all over it. And I think that they, that they realize that. And, uh, obviously they need to, they need to supplement and you know, bolster their receiver group. So they'll have to find another way to do that. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Daryl, let's talk about the other all-pro wide receiver that apparently could be available. There were rumors floating around on Tuesday night, and then they spread into Wednesday about the Browns possibly being on the verge of a huge move, and everybody was super tight-lipped about it. But a friend of mine texted me privately and let me know what was going on. It was Odell Beckham that apparently the Browns were all in trying to get. For whatever reason, it was kept hush-hush. Nobody was running with it until finally, at some point late in the afternoon yesterday, Benjamin Albright came out, reported the rumor, and stressed that it was just a rumor. Have you heard anything about this? And do you think that if it is open season on Odell, in other words, if the Giants really are shopping him, that McCagnum will at the very least make a phone call and see if there's any possibility that they could have some chats about what it might take to get Odell to go from the Giants to the Jets? Well, you know, he should call and check again because it's not like it's not like he's paying a phone bill out of his own pocket to like <laughs> check. Look, I mean, like, but it's the same situation. I mean, the Giants are going to want a lot for this guy if, if they're even. I mean, like you said, just a rumor at this point. So, if the Giants are even willing to to trade him, um, uh, they're going to not. You know, they're going to want a king's ransom for him, and the Jets are not in a position to be able to give that up because they have so many roster holes. Because the GM has done a poor job of roster building, uh, and they need to hang on to their draft picks because the GM has done a poor job of roster building. Uh, and so, yeah, no, I mean, it's, they're not going to be able to, to get Odell Beckham for what the Giants presumably would want as the, as the price. That's just the reality of it. Now, the Giants would be idiotic to trade this guy, number one. And like, like you said, it's a rumor. So there are no, you know, there's no guarantees this is even going to happen or even get off the ground in any fashion. So, um, it's an interesting thought. You know, I think it would be a cool, it would obviously be a cool storyline if you came to the Jets, but it seems like a total pipe dream at this point. And in in basically p- perhaps every way possible, especially it getting to the point where the Jets would even be able to have the means to get this guy. So first of all, Daryl, I have to point out that 
even if Mike McCagney was paying the phone bill, pretty much everybody has unlimited minutes now, so I don't think it really matters how right. many times <laughs> he calls Dave Gettleman and inquires about Odell Beckham. But the second thing is, you're sniffling a lot because you got a cold in Indianapolis. You got back from the combine. I wanted to talk a little bit about the article that you wrote up at NJ.com, the winners and losers from the scouting combine, because this is obviously going to have an impact on the Jets as they sit at number three. Whether it's somebody that they pick at number three or they trade down and pick somebody else, what happens at the Combine obviously is going to influence decisions and rankings on the board. So talk to me a little bit about the article that you wrote and who some of the winners and losers are shooting up and down the board as we get ready for the draft in April. Well, I think if you look at you know at the edge rusher position, which could be a need for the Jets, Montez Sweat is now a guy that they could, they could potentially consider there at number three, especially if... Uh, let's say, for instance, uh, you, you know Nick Bosa and Quinn and Williams are off the board at one and two, and the Jets don't have any takers to trade to number three for the pick, and they they wind up staying there. And what do they do? Josh Allen or Montez Sweat? Montez Sweat had a fantastic combine. Um, you know, he was sort of the defensive version of of DK Metcalf, the receiver from Ole Miss, who was a physical freak and and ran really fast for a big guy. Um, so obviously, the Jets are not taking DK Metcalf at. at number three that's not happening uh um maybe i guess if they trade down they could but i think i'd be ultimately be surprised if they did that uh but then the other you know the another winner from the combine was kyler murray obviously because then uh, he didn't work out obviously but a lot of chatter now about him potentially going number one to the cardinals a lot of smoke screens and you know disinformation at this time of year in the pre-draft process so you kind of have to be careful about what you do and don't take with a grain of salt basically you have to take everything with a grain of salt but um, the you know with Murray maybe going number one, what well, what could that mean for the Jets at number three? You know, could they get somebody to trade up with them, or are the Cardinals trying to get someone to trade to number one? So a lot of moving parts there for you know if if you're in the uh, if you're in the Jets should trade the number three pick camp because um, you look at Nick Foles going to Jacksonville most likely that eliminates one quarterback needy team. I presume they're not going to sign Nick Foles and draft a quarterback at seven. So do, does the team even need to trade to, 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 to three? Would, you know, at this point with, with Jacksonville, not probably not drafting a quarterback, would, could the Giants just stay at six? Um, you know, so what does that do to the demand for the Jets pick at number three in terms of trade value? Uh, but yeah, in terms of prospects, Montez Sweat is a really interesting one to watch. DK Metcalf really helped his stock. Um, at the combine, and um, you know, those are guys the Jets, uh, you know, Sweat especially is obviously a guy the Jets could target at, at number three. Um, I, I don't, I mean, look, if Nick Bosa's there, it's a no-brainer, um, but I don't think he will be. Quinton Williams had a very good combine as well, moves really well for a big guy, so I don't necessarily think Quinton Williams needed to like help his stock. I think everyone figured he's just going to be a guy who's going to go in the top four, and you know, if he's there for the Jets, I think that would be a great pick. Um, but he did have a very good combine and kind of cemented what everyone knew that he's an excellent prospect. So uh, he'd certainly be a consideration for the Jets there at three. So I think if the Jets, if they stay at three and things on, and Nick Bosa is not there um, and maybe Murray goes one, I think what you're looking at is a choice between Quinn and Williams, uh, Josh Allen, Montez Sweat. So that'll be the interesting one there for the Jets because um, you know, obviously they need to get better in terms of disrupting the quarterback and they need to get better in terms of stopping the run too. I think that's one, one of the, Things that kind of goes unnoticed. I mean, yes, they didn't have a lot of sacks last year. They're also pretty terrible against the run. So uh, that's an area where Quinn and Williams could help. So I think I think you know Williams would be a, a 
you know, a totally fine pick. I know it's not as sexy as taking an edge rusher, but I think it would be a totally fine pick. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. You're preaching the choir, Daryl. Anybody listening to this knows my feelings on Quinn and Williams. I think he's actually the best player in the draft. I would probably take Bosa over him just because I think that it's close and Bosa plays a more important position. But still, I think Quinn and Williams is such a beast and I would be thrilled if they landed him with the number three overall pick. But Daryl, a lot of what the Jets do in the draft is going to be based on what they do in free agency. And we're going to get to some guys that the Jets could target in free agency in just a bit. But first, I want to talk about some of the players that were franchise tagged and so are not options for the Jets. A lot of them are edge rushers. So a lot of people hoping that the best edge rushers were going to shake free. Most of them franchise tagged. And Daryl, it's been a while since the Jets themselves have had to use a franchise tag. In fact, the last time would have been on Muhammad Wilkerson back before they signed him. So this would have been in the summer of 2016. And the Jets haven't had a player that they've had to use the tag on since then. Before that, it would have been Nick Folk in 2014 and David Harris in 2011. But a bunch of these other teams did have to use their franchise tags to keep their top players in place while they work on putting together a long-term contract. So let's go through that list and how some of these guys may impact what the Jets do. And I also want to ask you a little bit about D. Ford, who's on the list, because he's a guy that is actually being shopped. So there could be possible interest from the Jets there as well. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the guys who got tagged, I mean, Jadavion Clowney, pass rusher, D. Ford, pass rusher, Frank Clark, pass rusher, Demarcus Lawrence, pass rusher, and Grady Jarrett. A defensive tackle, uh, obviously, you know, a guy who could be, <laughs> help anybody up front, uh, with the Falcons. So right there, you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, uh, defensive linemen slash pass rushers slash front guys, um, in areas of need for the Jets. And they were obviously not, not going to be available for the Jets. So, um, no surprises really there. I think if, if the Jets are looking at trying to address edge rusher and free agency, you know, maybe Dante Fowler could be an option. Um, but I, I don't think that they think that they could trade for D Ford. I mean, again, they don't have a second round pick because they, they botched one quarterback draft with Hackenberg and then they passed on what Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And so they had to trade away three second round picks to get a guy who could wind up being very good. Okay. So they don't have a second round pick to, to deal away. They're not dealing away the number three overall pick. Um, and they need draft picks because the GM has done a bad job of roster building. So, like, the, the Jets are not in a position. I, I don't think the Jets, if the Jets do any trade this offseason, it should be trading back for the number three pick. They should not be trading a pick for players. They just shouldn't, especially, like, D Ford's an awesome player. I mean, just like Beckham. I mean, the, the Chiefs are not giving him away for a conditional late-round pick. It's not happening. Now, I mean, look, yes, if there's a, a deal the Jets could get where they can trade away a conditional pick for some guy, we're talking about bottom of the roster, fine. But, like, the Jets are not in a position to do high-profile trades, like, this offseason, period. They're just not. Not because of all the holes they have in the roster and because of what they don't have in terms of draft picks. Um, so that's 
that's where they are. I don't think I don't see a D four trade happening. And then ultimately, you know, maybe he stays in Kansas City because I know that even though they're moving from a three four to a four three, he's still a really good player, and you can maybe make that work. So that's that's so now we got to figure out how are the Jets going to address edge rushing. You know, a lot of these elite edge rushers are gone. So what do they do? Is Dante Fowler an option, or do they wait to the draft? Because I think, um, you know, you can make the case for either of those things. It's I, obviously I think the edge rusher group in this draft is better than in free agency in terms of, you know, obviously the guys in draft haven't done anything in the NFL, but like, you know, in terms of what you normally see in free agency versus what you normally see in the draft, it's a really good edge rusher group in the draft. I think the Jets could do well with addressing that position there, Um, but maybe they want to go with an interior lineman and take Quinn and Williams. So then how, how do they get that edge rusher? Because the notion that they could stay pat with Jordan Jenkins and re-signing Brandon Copeland, I think a lot of fans, that would be a hard sell. So, uh, so it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, conundrum here for McCagnan, and one he's in because guess what he's done a bad job of roster building. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, here we are. Like you know, I just the the Jets have a lot of salary cap space because they haven't had to re-sign any of their draft picks because they've been bad draft picks. Like <laughs> I mean, I think you look at it over and over again. I mean, you go through all 13 of his mid, just set aside like last year's mid round picks, Nathan Shepard, yeah, you know, so, so Chris Herndon could be good, but let's not, you know, anoint him just yet. You go from 2015 to 2017, McCagnan made 13 picks in rounds, uh, two through five. And three of those players are productive. Three, he went three for 13 in the middle rounds. Yes, he got Robbie Anderson in 2016 as an undrafted guy, signed him, turned out to be a good pickup. But, uh, you know, when you go three for 13 in the middle rounds, it makes it hard in rounds two through five. You know, I'm kind of being generous there with him putting five in, in the middle rounds. But, um, when you, when you do that and you, that's the foundation of your roster and you want to rebuild through the draft, you know, you're kind of in a little bit of a position where you're, you're, you're hamstrung. So, um, you know, the Jets have a bunch of holes, and the notion that they're going to be able to fill all of them in free agency is is, is tough because we talked about it last week with slot corner, especially because, um, you know, maybe there's not enough options out there in free agency where the Jets have to allocate money elsewhere, and maybe they're going to have to bring Buster Screen back in a one-year deal or something like that. So um, they're not certainly not in an ideal position, the Jets aren't. They have the quarterback. I mean, it took a while, and it took a lot, but they got the quarterback, it, you'd think, maybe, right? You'd think. Um, but I think we talked about this before we got on, you know, before we started recording here, you need more players than the quarterback. I mean, I, th- <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't think you have to be George Hallis to know that. So, so here the jets are, uh, now there's, you know, there could be good players out there for free in free agency, uh, Trey flowers, maybe. Um, I think he'd be an interesting option. Could the jets sign him and Le'Veon Bell? That'd be interesting to see, but, uh, uh, yeah. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcast this is the overtime podcast network daryl just to add to what you were saying i think there's also a misunderstanding as to what constitutes a good draft pick as well because 
Just getting a guy who isn't a complete bust doesn't necessarily mean that it was a good pick. You want to get a guy who gives you value for the draft slot. So in other words, I'm not saying everybody has to be Alvin Kamara, who's a superstar, picked in the third round. But if you get a guy like Christopher Herndon in the fourth who looks like he's going to outplay that draft slot, that's a win. If you get a guy like Jordan Jenkins, all due respect, he's a perfectly fine player in the third round. I mean, that's pretty much what you should expect from a third-round pick. So it's not like he's going out there and hitting these home runs out of the park when it comes to these mid-to-late-round picks, even on the ones where the guys that he's getting are considered solid players. They're about what you would expect value-wise. So that's going to have to change, and he's going to have to add impactful players through free agency. We talked about this before, Daryl. I think the Jets, between free agency and the draft, and there's no reason they can't do this, by the way, but they have to add a minimum of three to four Pro Bowl caliber players between free agency and the draft so that they have the building blocks in place to do something this year, but more importantly, to really make a run in 2020 because if they have that to build upon, they can add more pieces next year in free agency and the draft. So let's get to this year's free agency where they're going to be able to try and add some of those pieces. We know about Le'Veon Bell, obviously. There are a couple of others, including Dante Fowler. Who are some of the guys you're hearing whispers about right now? Who are some of the guys you expect the Jets to target? Are there any under-the-radar guys that you think the Jets may be in on? Yeah, I mean, look, what you said is is a tall order to add that many really good players in one offseason. And do you trust the GM to do it who has not you know, done a great job of roster building so far, in terms, especially in terms of big ticket signings. And there, there they start with Bell. You know, that's the big ticket signing. The Jets are going to go hard after him. I would guess Kevin Coleman would probably be the fallback option there if they, if they can't get uh, Le'Veon Bell. Maybe Mark Ingram. Uh, those are the two next best guys at running back in terms of the pass rusher, which is the other big need. Uh, you know, Trey Flowers would be one. Um, yeah, keep an eye on Dante Fowler. Obviously, I think an interesting under the radar guy is the Darius Smith, the, the uh, pass rusher from. The Ravens. He'd, he'd be, you know, I'm sure some people who pay close attention to football have obviously heard of him. Um, others have not. Yeah, center is a need for the Jets. Matt Paradis would be the big name to watch there from the Broncos. Mitch Morse from the Chiefs, another one to watch uh, there. In terms of slot corner, we addressed it earlier with the Buster Screen situation and the fact that the Jets have Perry Nickerson there is sort of an unknown as the potential replacement. Bryce Callahan could be a guy the Jets could target at the Bears slot corner. Uh, he's one of the, you know, maybe top 25 free agents available uh, this year. So um, there's certainly some names out there. Uh, Anthony Barr, we talked about him, I think, a couple podcasts ago. And what, where does he fit? You know, because he hasn't been a great pass rusher so far in terms of what they've asked him to do in Minnesota. But could Greg Williams look at his film and say, oh, this is a guy I could turn into a productive pass rusher. So the Jets obviously have to fill um, – and then guard. What about guard? Roger Saffold from from the Rams. Could he be an option to take over a left guard? Uh, you know, uh, what do they do there? Uh, Quentin Spain is a left guard from the Titans. Would be a little bit um, more affordable. So the Jets have. If you look at the positions, like go through all their positions, they have to take care of here in the offseason in terms of holes. And this is just um, you know in terms of starters. But if you if you run it down, I mean they have center. They don't have a center right now. Left guard. They don't have a left guard, and they're not re-signing James Carpenter. they got to get somebody a running back. Uh, they have to figure out, get something complimentary at wide receiver. Uh, they got to address that edge outside linebacker spot because Brandon Copeland's a free agent and also because they've been terrible with getting sacks and getting the quarterback recently. They have a slot corner spot that's open. They could re-sign Morris Claiborne at the, other, at the outside corner spot opposite Tremaine Johnson, but 
That's not a given. Um, and then with defensive tackle, one that's kind of flying under the radar because Mike Pinnell's gone and Steve McClendon's a free agent and, you know, is getting really old. So at the 3-4 uh, spot there in the middle at nose tackle, defensive tackle, whatever you call it, um, they got to try to fill that spot. And then lest we forget, they have to have a kicker and a, and a punt returner because <laughs> Jason Myers and Andre Roberts, who were two of their better players last year, are um, are a free agents. So uh, they could certainly re-sign both of those guys, and I think that would be a wise move. But if you're looking at all those other spots in terms of re-signing guys, obviously they're not re-signing Spencer Long. They're not re-signing James Carpenter. Uh, you know, They're probably moving on at defensive tackle. Um, maybe Brandon Copeland comes back as an edge rusher, but it's not like he's the answer. They are the ultimate answer. So Buster Screen may be on a one-year deal. Morris Claiborne maybe, but you know, there's not – like the Jets don't have these sure things that they could just re-sign and be like, okay, you know, I think that the, you're going to have to see some new faces at these places on the roster. And you're talking about what's that four on offense, uh, you know, four on defense, uh, and then two on special teams. And I think, um, you know, Matt Stipulkowski ran it down today. He, he included another one. And I guess he, he probably said defensive end would be the other one because Henry Anderson being a free agent. And then, you know, he, Nathan Shepard's no sure thing to plug in there. So the Jets have those 11 spots. And Matt did a little rundown today. He and I talked about this yesterday kind of brainstorming ideas, but, uh, you know, take a look at those 11 spots. He has a little rundown there. Like who would be the best option? Who would be like the next two best options in terms of outside possibilities? And, and the other fourth question being, uh, could the Jets resign the guy at this position? So Matt goes, has it on the site right now, breaking all that down in a much more detailed manner than I just did kind of babbling about it. But this is a, uh, I mean, this is what happens <laughs> when, when, when you get, look, I mean, James Carpenter had a nice little run. I mean, screen played out his contract. He was fine at times. Um, but, you know, center's got to be a, it's one of the, it's got to be very concerning. The Jets now, they have a young quarterback and this is back-to-back years now in 2017 and 2018 where they had a dud at center, Wesley Johnson and Spencer Long. They stunk, you know, like. Then in the, their their post Nick Mangold era right. center is has gone pretty poorly. So that's a critical position. I know it kind of flies under the radar because we don't write about that guy a lot. You, you don't hear him talking a lot in the media and stuff like that. But um, that's a uh, that's a big one. If you don't have <laughs> I mean, you don't have a smart guy there, if you don't have a capable guy there, then you're in trouble. So the, Sam Darnold needs somebody there he can rely on and. Uh, Paradis Morse maybe would would probably be your best options. I can't imagine you'd want to draft the center and put him there. So those are the two guys I think to keep an option uh, eye on there as options. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I think what it comes down to in free agency is that the Jets have to assess this from the standpoint of what they need, what's available to them in the draft, and then what's actually out there on the free agent market. So when you look at all of those things. You say to yourself, okay, at the top of this draft are potential difference makers in the front seven. So you can fill that need at number three, whether it's somebody like Bosa or Allen or somebody like Quinn and Williams, or even if you trade down and take somebody like Brian Burns, that's an area that you can fill. So yeah, you'd love to add Trey Flowers or Anthony Barr or somebody like that, but you can do that in the draft if push comes to shove. On the offensive side of the ball, you desperately need a center because, like you said, Daryl, two years in a row the Jets had terrible center play. They have to upgrade there. Morse, to me, is okay, but he's also been hurt a couple of times. 
I think that Matt Paradis is easily the top option there. He's a borderline Pro Bowl caliber guy. He started to really come into his own last year before he got hurt, and so obviously the injury takes him down a little bit. But he's 29 years old, and he's a Pro Bowl caliber player at a position they desperately need where there's nobody else that's anywhere close to him as far as I'm concerned. I think Morse is a level or two below. So he's a guy that you have to grab if you're the Jets as far as I'm concerned. Pay him what you need to pay him. Pay him something similar to what Jensen and Richburg got last year if that's what it takes. And they need a playmaker on the offense 100% in the running game, in the passing game. There's really only one guy that fits that bill, and that's Le'Veon Bell. So those are the two guys that you have to target and get if you're Mike McCagnon, I think. Paradis and Bell, get those two. After that, everything's gravy because it's free agency, and let's be real, Daryl, you're probably only going to get two of your top targets at most. Anything after those two guys, I would consider icing on the cake, but they have to go out and get those two. And I think that you can't be somebody that's naive enough to believe that the Jets can go into this draft and in the middle rounds grab a real difference maker on offense. The only time that they've been able to grab somebody that looks like he might be an actual difference maker on either side of the ball in the middle rounds was Herndon and even he is not a guy that's going to necessarily change the direction of the team from an offensive standpoint so if you can add Le'Veon Bell who there's no real equivalent to in this draft and if you can add Paradis that's what you need to do and by the way Daryl apropos of nothing the other day I was searching for videos on Matt Paradis because I wanted to watch some film and I found a video of him on local news in Denver skeet shooting. And now I think I want him more than Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> skeet shooting is uh, skeet shooting is fun. I did that at Boy Scout camp back in the day. You, you yell, what's the one where you yell pull and the guy shoots the disc up, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Yep. That's good stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. Hey, well, I feel like 90% of the centers in the league probably hunt, right? And it seems like, or, you know, do something like that. It seems, it seems very fitting for the position, but yeah, the, the thing about free agency is you are overpaying for guys other teams don't want. That's the bottom line. Happened with Tremaine Johnson last year. There's a reason these guys hit free agency. The best players don't hit free agency. Uh, you pay for you have to overpay in free agency because you're patching up a roster. You've done a poor, uh, too poor of a job uh, building through the draft. That's the bottom line. That's how you. That's what happens in free agency. Generally, uh, you know, you're trying to fill immediate need holes in free agency uh, with guys who other teams don't want and don't want to pay, and you're competing against other desperate teams, so the price is driven up, and that's just the nature of the beast. And you know, because of that, like you said, you're only going to get probably two pro- high-profile guys, even if you have a ton of cap space. Look, the Jets had a ton of cap space last year. And what did they do? They gave a ton of money to Tremaine Johnson. They did, you know, And you go through all these other free agents they signed. Spencer Long, dud. Terrell Pryor, dud. Isaiah Crowell worked you know, okay at best. Uh, Avery Williamson, pretty good. And then, you know, they got complimentary guys, two guys in special teams, Jason Myers later on, uh, and then Andre Roberts, uh, who, who turned out to be pretty, you know, quite good last year. So, um, you know, you're not going to get like five high profile guys in free agency. Um, I know we, we build this up like every year, like free agency, you know, it's like this big thing, but like, just look at the teams that go all in in free agency and what the results wind up being like spending big in free agency does not typically result in wins. It's not a cure all. Like you, you have to be able to draft and you have to be able to draft in the middle rounds to build your roster out. And uh, so, but certainly I think, you know, the jets get Le'Veon bell. He's a difference maker. You know, they have other, they'll have to do other things, but um, 
we'll see what they what they throw at him. Now he could be a difference maker, right? The guy hasn't played or practiced in how long? <laughs> like, uh, so we'll see. I think it'll be fascinating to watch. Yeah, Daryl, I think the way to gauge this too is that with every fan that thinks that they can just make a list and the Jets are going to go out and get everybody because they have cap space, go ahead and look at podcasts and websites and blogs and videos of what people that follow the other teams in the league are saying, especially the ones that have cap space. The same players that are on your wish list are on their wish list too. So you're going to have plenty of competition for these guys, and we will see which of them land on the Jets as free agency or at least the legal tampering period gets going on Monday. Daryl, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and what you and Matt Stipulkowski have going on up at NJ.com. Yep, tons of stuff up there right now. Um, like I mentioned, Matt's rundown of the uh, 11 positions the Jets have to fill. I have a, some thoughts up there on whether Sam Darnold can actually trust Mike McCagnan to roster build. You could probably guess the answer based on what we've said. Uh, it's more, you know, the article's more than one word. So, you know, you can go in and uh, if you want to read it. But uh, yeah, so there'll be a bunch more free agencies preview stuff there throughout the weekend and uh, like you said it gets rolling on monday and by monday through monday and tuesday is when a lot of these deals will be agreed upon and the one thing to remember is like you said the guys are going to go where they can make the most money which is not i'm not saying that in like a negative way like that is actually you know that's just more normal logical smart thing to do when you're basically only getting one big contract in your earning window on a sport with a small earning window so if a lot of teams, a bunch of teams want a guy, like you said, like you have so many of these teams, these you know fans have guys on their wish list, you know, just like the Jets. There's an X number of other teams that have this guy or that guy on their wish list. The Jets aren't going to be able to pay top dollar and outmatch every other team for every player they want. Maybe they can do that for one or two guys. So I think temper your expectations a little bit. The Jets aren't going to be able to get everybody they want. Um, but, you know, I think Bell's the big one to watch and understand that, you know, you, you'd have to overpay in free agency, but you can't pay, you can't outspend everybody at every position of need for you because ultimately someone's going to prioritize that position or need to prioritize that position more than you and they'll, they'll be able to outbid you for a guy. And the guy generally does go to where he can make the most money. I mean, obviously Kirk Cousins is a little bit of an exception last year, but you were talking about incremental dollars at a very high level of money and and a guy who had, had different considerations maybe than some other players because you know he had already earned a ton of money in his career already but a lot of these guys are are, are, are going to free agency for the first time it's a big moment for them this is a life-changing money so of course they're going to go where they can get the most amount of money um and that's one thing to remember is deals basically will get done monday and tuesday during the negotiating window and then really wednesday is just the uh the consummation, really, in the way, you know, just the, the it Wednesday is where the ceremony is very ceremonial. The courtship has already started, basically. Um, I would, you know, to make a really creepy, weird, I guess, romantic, I guess I'll continue with the metaphor. You know, the courtship has started at the freaking combine and all that stuff. And then Monday and Tuesday is really the proposals, right? Like you're giving it, this is a terribly creepy metaphor, but like, uh, you're getting, you know, you you know, the, you know, contracts, you know, whatever. And then, you, you know, you, you agree on it. And then Wednesday you, you go to the altar. So, um, that was just terrible, but I, I whatever, but th th that's, <laughs> that's why, you know, most of the stuff gets done Wednesday, which is fine. I think most NFL fans like that, right? Cause get it done Wednesday and Thursday. You can digest who's on your team. 
this baseball free agency stuff, man, I don't even know how these guys who cover baseball deal with that. I just could never, I mean, you're waiting until like spring training has already started <laughs> for guys getting signed. It, it, I guess it just shows you how important or not important spring training actually is. But, um, but it's nice that the NFL is a little bit, uh, it's nice and tidy that way um, in terms of getting it, getting it done. And of course, as March goes on, there will be other deals that get done. Like the Jets will there. I mean, some of these deals might turn out to be important as March goes on. The Jets may be re-signing a backup offensive lineman or getting a backup offensive lineman from elsewhere. Shoot, if a starter gets hurt, that signing might wind up being important. That happens on what May twenty or March twenty first or something like that. So just because the first wave of free agency passes and then we we kind of poo poo these later ones, um, you know, those might end up being important too. So um, that's sort of how the you know, as everyone knows who's paid any attention to this, that's sort of how the the, the waves of free agency will unfold, and it'll be interesting to see. And I appreciate you having me on, and uh, we'll we'll be fun to track this. Absolutely, Daryl. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Go take some DayQuil, for the love of God, and get that cold out of your system because you're going to need all the energy you can muster over the next couple of days and over the next week, quite frankly, to cover all this free agency madness. Go ahead and read Daryl and Matt Stiplikowski up at NJ.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.